Good afternoon, my brothers and sisters in Christ, and good afternoon to those in the world that are not of Christ. So, this episode is going to be called Proverbs 1, A Warning from Jesus. I already did it, but there were things that I wanted to add that I didn't add, and I'm hoping this time that it all just flow out of my mouth, um, and a point will come across, like I did before, but like I said, I want to add more to it. So, Proverbs 1 is probably my favourite proverb, because... When you read it, there's three parts to it, which I mentioned in the previous episode. There's three parts to it. And the first part is basically God saying to you all the benefits of walking with him, the righteous man does this, etc., etc. The second part is God now warning you to not do this, not to do that. And then the third part is that he says he will laugh at your calamity and when your terror comes. Basically, he will not answer you. He will not... Um, reply to your prayer whatsoever when you come calling because you 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 turned away from his rebuke you turned away from his guidance his advice you walked in evil and then you expect because all your life's gone pear-shaped he's going to help you and he won't he's not going to do it now when people say that's the old testament this is the new well that's complete error because if anyone says that one they're not a believer two they don't know what they're talking about right and most people you'd be better off just talking to a brick wall because when you speak to them, they say comments like that, right? When you look at Genesis all the way through to Malachi, which is the last book before the New Testament, that's a build-up to the prophecy of Jesus coming on this earth. And when you read Matthew, all, remember, all these books were put together by top theologians hundreds of years ago, right? And basically, they, just, they put them in um, order of what they thought was correct. Now, there's a thing called chronological order, and if you get one of them books where they actually put all the dating together, the Old Testament books are all jumbled up and the New Testament books are all jumbled up. The fact is all the books are there, but they put it in chronological order. Now, the fact is, and the most key thing is this, the build up to the Messiah coming and what Jesus did on the cross, what Jesus had to do on the cross, what God had to do on the cross, right? What God had to do was have his son to be a sacrifice for our sins and atonement for our sins. I've mentioned this before when I question Muslims, what's your atonement or who is your atonement? They don't have one. They have a set of rituals, a set of practices to cleanse you. I'm sorry, then practices are not going to do anything because your sin is that bad. You know, God is so holy and perfect, you cannot even be in his presence. And I'll give you an example. So in the Old Testament, Moses was the most righteous man on earth and God handpicked him nurtured him and brought him to the jobs he had to do and even when he had done well and God had said Moses what do you want and he turned around and said I want to see your glory the father said you can't see my glory why is that why can't Moses as the most righteous man on earth see the father's face because that's what he asked for to see his glory to see his face and the father said no but you'll see my back as I pass in the clouds because the sin that Moses was walking in us in the flesh being sinful it cannot be in the presence of God so when Moses died, he went to a place called Sheol in the ground, which is like heaven in the ground, because no one in that time who died in the Jewish fellowship with Moses, there's no way they could be anywhere near God because they didn't have a cleansing for their sin. So later on, thousand, two, three or 4,000 years later, Jesus is prophesied through many prophets in the Bible, Elijah, Ezekiel, and so on, and Daniel. Basically, when the Messiah comes and he dies on the cross, his blood is shed for the sins of those who believed in Yahweh, right? And all the people 
that will follow Jesus from that point on. His blood cleansed them. So when Jesus died on the cross, his body was buried. He went to the, he went down the ground for three days. And one of the two things he did was take all the people from Sheol and put them in heaven with the Father. Because his blood cleanses. He was a sacrificial lamb. He was, he's known as the Lamb of God, the Lion of Judah. And if you want to know more about that, look into it. But this episode is really focused on the believer not really the unbeliever because the unbeliever won't believe understand a lot of these things i'm saying i should have made that good at the beginning um but this is more focused on the believer so if you're not a believer in christ a lot of what i'm about to say won't mean anything to you however right what i'm about to say you probably will find interesting and when you find when you listen to what's being said you know one thing i want to tell you is that god loves you very much right this is why he sent his only begotten son into the world. Jesus, the night before he was captured in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed to the Father and said, Lord, Father in heaven, is there another way I can do Is there another way this can be done? And the Father said, no. And it says that he was sweating blood. Now, that's not, that is pure and utter stress. And scientists will tell you, medical advisors will tell you, if someone sweats blood, right you're under extreme amounts of pressure he wasn't worried about being captured and beaten and crucified the thing he was scared of most was he was going to be eternally separated from his father in heaven and the spirit for the first time in eternity the father son and spirit are going to be separated and before anyone says i don't believe in the trinity that's fine the word trinity is just uh, um, a word that describes two or more persons right and it means three people three persons rather sorry you go back to genesis 2 and the father said let's make them in our image i.e matt and the, the male and the female who's the father talking to he's talking to his son and the spirit he's not talking to the angels we're not made in the image of angels we're above, humans are above the angels it doesn't mean we're better than them what it means is we were made in god's image they're not god's creation the earth the trees the animals it's not god's image it's made by god he made it but humans are the pinnacle point because we're made in the image of him. Anyway, I'm not going to get into that. The focus is Proverbs 1. And when I read this to you in a minute, I want you to focus on everything I'm saying and the three parts to it. Because at the end, this shocks a lot of people. A lot of these Christians that run around telling everyone that Jesus kissed everyone, had roses on his head, and no matter what you do, you're going to go to heaven and you know Jesus loves everyone on earth. That's not true, because he doesn't. In, uh, it's in Psalms 5 and Psalms 11 he makes it clear that he hates sinners so that contradicts everything they say but the thing is you'll find in Christianity is most people don't read the Bible they don't preach from the Bible they belong to a cult like the Mormons and Jehovah's they're not Christians but they're a cult and they, they, they sort of hang on to the tagline of Jesus but they have their own ideas and it's from the devil you know that's the sad thing about Christianity Apparently over 30,000 different denominations all apparently following the same book, but they've all got a different idea. There's only one book. And Jesus says it black and white. He doesn't say it multicolored. He says it black and white, left, right and center. So I don't know how people can get it wrong really, but they do. Because like the Mormons and Jehovah's, they have a system. And because they're a cult in that system, it makes money. It has control. You know, um, as, as a woman I met, you know, and she said, well, the Jehovah's took me in. You know, I was a vulnerable woman. I come from an abusive relationship, me and my daughter. I think it was daughter or son. 
you know, and they took care of her. How very loving, but she got involved in the cult. And when I started speaking to her about scripture and showing the things, you could really see her eyes open up to the truth. And that was me being sent in to show her something. It's for her to go away and decide and for the Lord to reach out to her. But if she doesn't listen, she'll go to hell. That's the end of it. Um, Jehovah's are not born-again believers. Mormons are not born-again believers. And what do I mean by born-again? Well, Jesus said this in John 3, 5. You must be born again of water and spirit. Without this, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. That means you won't go to heaven. Simple as that. You know, and it, it's, I just say to people this. Read scripture and listen to what the Lord is saying. Right? From what he said on this earth when he was here, or for the people or the men that he used, i.e. Paul the Apostle in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, you know, Timothy, James, all these people that he used, right, to speak through, and which is the word, John 1, 1, Jesus is the word, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, Jesus was there at the beginning with his father, he says this in Mark ten eighteen. you know, so I encourage all of you, please, just read the word, right, and if you've got your Bibles, get them out, Proverbs 1, in the book of Proverbs, obviously, I thought I just made that clear. Um, and I just want you to listen to what's being said because, you know, there's a lot of Proverbs and I love them all because it's a book of wisdom of through King Solomon. You know, Psalms is a fantastic one as well. But I find as a man, you know, when I listen to Proverbs, it's God speaking through Solomon and basically telling you, please, son, walk with me, listen to me. So I'll read this now from Proverbs 1, verse 1, as it goes. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, equality, to give prudence to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase learning. A man of understanding will attain wise counsel, to understand a proverb and an enigma. The words of the wise and their riddles, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. So when you when you listen to what's being said there, the first part of that is God basically saying, if you're wise, you'll listen to me, and if you walk with me, you'll be blessed, you'll be you'll be taken care of. Second part, shun evil conceal. Verse 8. My son, hear the instruction of your father, and do not forsake the law of your mother. For they will be a graceful ornament on your head and chains about your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie and wait to shed blood. Let us lurk secretly for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them alive like Sheol and whole like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all kinds of precious possessions. We shall fill our houses with spoil, casting your lot amongst us. Let us all have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way of them. Keep your foot from their path, for their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird, but they lie in wait for their own blood. They lurk secretly for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone who is greedy for gain. It takes away life of its owners. So he's basically warning you there, stay away from evil, stay away from doing wicked things, stay away from being horrible to people. There's someone I know where I live, 
who goes out of his way to be vicious and nasty and tries to cause alarm and distress. And I've been told he's done this to other people. You know, um, I had a friend of mine who was in my house a couple of days ago who spent 33 years in the RAF. Um, a majority of them years was as a warrant officer. I told him about this joker, right? And he's disgusted. You know, I've got another friend of mine who's now a butcher, um, done 22 years in the army. I've told him, he's, he said he's a total disgrace. And people like that, they go out of their way, who walk with evil, who live in evil, who go out and create lies and gossip, who do things that cause alarm and distress and upset to others, are people who walk with evil. There is no excuse and no justification for that type of behaviour. No matter what anyone's done to you, or what in, inner insecurities you have, it's not acceptable. And it all comes down to that person on the inside is a very insecure, sad person. And there are millions of people like this today in 23. I've seen a massive decline in people in this country in the last couple of years, massively on every front. The stories I've been told. I go to Costco, which I'm sure most of you know what it is, and the woman who runs that, we got talking one day, and she said, you wouldn't believe what goes on in this, in this parking lot with the fuel, with the Costco fuel. And she said, one guy got out and threatened me with a knife. Said that he's going to do this and do that to me if I don't do this. I was like, what? And you, you're thinking, what's going through the mind of this person? And like she said, uh, oh, was it another woman um, basically found out that uh, this man and wife, they had a, um, a disagreement and he got put away because of domestic violence. She said, when he comes out, he should have acid thrown in his face. And I'm thinking, what? And like, you just can't believe you're hearing this stuff. But then when you look on the news now, well, what's going on? You're getting people committing murder and getting let off for it. Of women being raped and abused and domestically abused and nothing's done about it. And you think, hang on a sec, something's wrong here. And it is. It's the fall of man. And it's going to get very bad in this country. And people that behave like this, what it says here in the part two, people who lie in wait to shed innocent blood. They lie in wait to hurt and cause problems for people. These people are evil. These people are nothing. God will forgive them if they repent, as I have forgiven those who have come against me. Because I look at them and think a few things. One, pathetic. Two, you're weak. Three, you're not like me. I'm nothing like you. Now, that might sound a bit prideful, but as a man of God, I know who I am in Christ. I walk righteously. Right? I don't go out of my way and tell lies. I don't go out of my way to hurt people. You know, if a judge went round to all these people and said, well, what's the problem you got with him? Well, they got nothing on me whatsoever. All it is is false accusations and lies. This is why it's never gone anywhere. But the fact is, you don't go through life upsetting people. You know, I meet old school people all the time in their like 80s and 90s. This is different generation types of people. And they cannot believe what is now going on, how people treat one another. You know, it says in the Ten Commandments, and one of them is, do not covet, do not desire what your neighbour has got. Do not be vicious towards your neighbour. The Ten Commandments were put there to protect us from one, from one another. They weren't there for God to control us. They're there to protect us from one another. So there's like a moral code in there. And if you did cross the line, and you did break the laws, and you touched someone's wife, or you stole something, or you murdered someone, back in Moses' day, you'd be stoned to death. It was a fantastic deterrent, but it was done for a reason. What they, what they do today, you know, like if you, if you beat up a woman, what do you get? Five minutes in prison. You literally send in one message. I saw something yesterday and this guy had basically stolen the car, smashed it into other cars, run someone over, went to court and got 300 quid fine. I mean, what message are you sending? It's a joke. 
So yeah, you get people like this everywhere. So God is basically saying there in part two, walk righteously and stay away from evil. Right. So the third part, it says the call of wisdom, verse 20. I'll read it now. Wisdom calls out, out loud outside. She rises, right, sorry, she raises her voice in the open squares. She cries out in the chief concourse at the openings of the gates in the city. She speaks her words. How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? For sconnerers delight in sconnering, and fools hate knowledge. Turn at my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you, because I have called and you refused. I have stretched out my hand and no one regarded, because you disdained all my counsel and would have none of my rebuke. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your terror comes. Now that is very interesting. Read that again, verse 26. I will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your terror comes. That doesn't sound like the Jesus of the New Testament, does it? The guy that runs around kissing everyone. Because when I read the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, I see a very direct individual that's basically telling you, follow me or you're going to go to hell. Verse 27, when your terror comes like a storm and your destruction comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They will have none of my counsel and despise every rebuke. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled to the full with their own fantasies. For turning away of the for, sorry for turning away of the simple will slay them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will dwell safely, and will be secure without fear of evil. You see, when you when you listen to that, for me as a man, it's basically God, my Father in heaven, saying, "Steve, listen to me. Do this. Do that." Because if you don't, you got free will. And before a Calvinist says you don't, you do. Look at the um, unforgiving servant in the book of Luke and Matthew. The unforgiving servant had a free will, chose to not obey the Lord and be wicked. And what did, what did Jesus do? He took away his gift of life. See you later. It's as simple as that. There's so many others in the New Testament where you can lose yourself. In Matthew 23, verse, four, for Matthew 23, verse 14, 13, sorry. Those who endure to the end will be saved. So if you don't endure to the end, you're not saved, are you? Mm, sounds like free will to me. There's plenty of others. John 15 is one of the biggest ones I tell people. Listen to John 15, right? Very, making it very clear you can lose everything if you don't follow Jesus and listen to him on a daily basis. So when you listen to Proverbs 1, right, it's a fantastic warning. And any man who's a man will listen to that and endure it and love it. And a woman who's a woman will listen to that as well. Now, let's just make something clear. If you go out of your way to walk in evil and do evil things, you'll answer. This is what I told someone the other day. And they don't like it, right? All these injustices in the world. Don't get involved in social media. Don't get involved in politics. We're not two. We are children of God. We're not children of this world. We're here for a time to serve one, one and only king. There's only one faith, one Lord, one God. Ephesians 4, 5. It's not 10 gods. Islam is pagan and evil, created by Satan. Same with Buddhism and Hinduism. 
and many others. They're fake, false, pagan gods. They don't have an atonement for your sin, therefore you're in serious trouble. And if God is all love, that people cry out all the time, love, then he's righteous and perfect. Therefore he's just, and therefore as a just God, he has to judge you for the crimes you've committed. So before you say, well, if he's all love, he's just going to forgive me. Well, therefore, in, okay, then that's you, right? But if you know someone who's been murdered and the guy brutally murdered your friend, then you want punishment for that crime that they committed, then why doesn't God have to punish you for your crimes? Because God doesn't justify different levels of crime. Sin is sin. If you've told lies, if you murdered, if you've raped, if you've stolen, the list goes on, Right? You don't repent for what you've done, you will go to hell. And everyone is down there. And believe me, hell is a place of... Hell is basically a giant prison, right? It's not a place of torment, it's a prison. But you don't want to be there, because I tell you, you go to some of these prisons on this earth in South America, in Russia, and you see the stories, they're prisons. Yeah, but people are raped and beaten and tortured there all the time. Well, that's what's happened to you down there. Trust me, it's not a nice place. Because... You know, you'll be sitting in the cell down there and it's just going to be horrifying. Now, when you go before God, the great white throne judgment, this is to non-believers, by the way, uh, the great white throne judgment is for non-believers. It's a very bad day. Your whole life is poured out in front of you, criminal, guilty. You're thrown into a lake of fire. You're forgotten. Now, the book of Revelation talks about the second death. The second death is you are eternally cut off from the Father. That means you're thrown into a lake of fire, you are forgotten, no one knows you're suffering. But you will know all of about it all the time, and it doesn't go away. It's horrifying. I mean, when you read Revelation, a lot of people understand it. I did, straight away, because the Lord showed me, because my heart was open. If your heart's open, he'll talk to you. I've said to Christians, if your heart's open, you're willing to listen and follow him and surrender in your life, he'll give you everything. But if you're not willing to listen and surrender, and you think you know it all, he'll just say, get on with it. He'll just, he'll just, like 2 Thessalonians 2, he leads you into illusion. Get on with it. Do what you got to do. It's as simple as that. And it's amazing, really, because when you look at that in, in context, right, God just wants your heart. Jesus just wants your heart to repent as a man. You know you've done wrong things. You know you lied, you've stolen, you, you, you've done all sorts of things. You, you've been convicted of it. You just try and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm sorry, I repent for what I've done, I repent for my lies, I am guilty of this, I deserve punishment, forgive me. And he'll forgive you. Because that's what his son did on the cross. Because humanity, there's things about us that he loves. You know? It's like I was talking to a guy the other week, it's amazing in prison, you'll get murderers, you'll get bank robbers, you'll get arsonists, you get thieves, right? In one section of wing. But then as soon as a paedophile comes in, they go ballistic, they want to get all of them. Because there's a line you don't cross, you do not touch children or women. right? It's amazing that these men that have done bad things have got them standards, isn't it? You see, God looks at that and goes, he wants the good things in you. But he has to deal with the bad things that you've done. He can't just let it go. So by repenting to Jesus and trusting him, trust me, it's the hardest walk you're ever going to take. Because things in your life start changing. You're going to lose everyone around you. Family members, friends, things in your life. Because eternal life is far more worth it. I can't describe that. But believe me, this, this life on this earth comes to an end. For some people, you know, they die in their teens. Some people die in their 90s. The fact is you're going to die. And when you die, your soul will go one of two places. And if you're under this delusion that you're just going to go into heaven, no, you're not. Everyone on this earth, believer or not, you will be judged. The thing is, those unbelievers, atheists, pagan worshippers, whatever, you're going to hell. And then it will be the lake of fire because of your wickedness. 
but to a believer you go before Jesus. And this is where he will judge you on what you've done in the faith. And if you walked in evil and you've not done things right, you'll lose all your, all your rewards and potentially lose your, lose your um, in, internal inheritance. I mean, I'm not particularly interested in rewards and what I'm going to get. When I hear Christians go, oh, I can't wait to get a mansion, I can't wait to have this and that, I switch off and walk away because that's not the heart of a believer. My desire is to be by my Lord's side, just like John when he was at the feet of Jesus, listening to him all the time. As soon as I leave this earth and I'm with my Lord in heaven, all I want to be is with Jesus 24-7. I want to be by his side 24-7. I don't care about the riches and the gains and all these things in the world that don't bother me. It's amazing, really. And that's the heart of any believer. Your heart should be as a believer that you want to be with your Lord right now. If that's not your, not your attitude, then there's something wrong. Now, to you unbelievers, a lot of what I've said is probably not really going to do you any favours. It's not really going to make any sense to you. But the fact is this. Every one of us will agree that you're going to die at some point. You shut your eyes for the last time. You die in your sleep, die in a car crash, whatever. You know, just imagine this. You know, some people, some people said to me, well, I'll just repent when I'm about to die. Okay, so you're driving down the road in your car. Car smashes you off the road, right? You're knocked unconscious. You die in your sleep because of internal bleeding. You didn't have a chance to repent, did you? you're in hell game over you see if you know you've done wrong just repent now i'm encouraging you please just repent right and give your life to god it doesn't mean you're going to give up everything in your life what it means is when you start walking with him he's going to show you what's better for you and you're just going to follow that he's not forcing you you're just going to want peace in your life imagine you have someone who suffers with depression anxiety and stress and you're riddled with it I've told someone who the Lord, the Lord told me to tell this person, repent of your sin and I will take all your anxiety away. And she didn't. Now, I don't understand that, but he would have taken all of her anxiety away. She suffered really bad, right? He will take away all your suffering mentally and potentially physically, depending on the situation. You know, it's, I've got a liver condition, right? And the Lord maintains it and sort of like, uh, when I say maintains it, every time things go potentially wrong with it, he takes care of it. Now people say, why hasn't he healed it? Because he wants me dependable on him. Because I'm in sinful flesh, I make mistakes. I need to turn to him all the time. I don't, you know, I don't want to be in perfect health. Of course you do. You want to have good sleep. You want to be, feel good every day. But the fact is, I need to depend on him. And I do. And when you become dependable on him, he takes care of your life. You know, I don't worry about anything because I know he's there. He's delivered so many times. I will do a personal testimony on here when the Lord prompts me to do it. Because the amount of stuff that he's done for me has been amazing. Even during the pandemic, I need to depart from my car. A part that you can't get from anywhere. You need to go to a dealer. All the dealers are shut. I contact some guy on eBay. I don't know where he lives in the country. I said, I need that part. He said, where do you live? I said, I live in Newcastle. He says, right, I live in Middlesbrough. I said, all right. And he says, well, I work in Sunderland. Meet me there and you can have the part. I said, how much? He said, for free. I just couldn't believe it. And it was just all taken care of. You know? And if, little things like that. He takes care of the little things all the time in your life. It's amazing. Hallelujah. So look, I want all of you just to rem remember this. As a believer, you know what I'm going to say. What I've read is a warning there. Please pay attention to God's word and obey him. To you unbelievers, there's a God out there who's righteous, just, and loving. He sent his son, his only son, to suffer so you could live. He only wants you to repent. He want, the amount of testimonies I've heard of men having their mental health completely cleaned and cleared. That's what I was suffering from before I got saved. And the Lord completely cleared my mind and gave me complete peace. 
people that have been physically ill from cancer and disease. He can heal you on the spot. He is God. He is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. He created all things in existence and you are more important to him than all the stars in the universe. Don't you think if he created all that, he can heal your disease, mentally or physically? Of course he can. That's what's on the table. He wants you to be well. He may have you suffer for a time as endurance, right? Because at the end of it, there's a reward. That's not him playing games. You know, it's like when you join the military, at the end there's a, for me it was a green beret, right? And there's a, a reward of being part of the biggest team in the world. But to get to there takes 34 weeks. To get there takes quite a bit of time. So, you know, you can't expect to get the reward until you finish the course. It's like going to university. You don't expect to go to university, leave halfway through and get your course at the end. No, you failed. You're not going to have it, are you? So that's what God wants. He wants you to go through the endurance because it teaches you, you learn. You learn from losing in life. You don't learn from winning. Most of my life in the forces or um, semi-professional sport that I've played, you know, I've lost a lot of things. You know, like basketball, I play National League, right? And I lost most of the games. I, I couldn't dunk the ball. I had to work hard for the position I played. But I lost a lot of things. And when I lost, I learned and I gained and got better. You don't learn from winning. So that's what I'm going to leave you now. God loves you and he's prepared to help you and bring you to where you need to be. Because one day we're all going to shut our eyes and you want to be going to heaven. You do not want to be going to hell. And make no mistake, if you believe and worship pagan gods, if you are an atheist and you, you're, everyone's a criminal on this earth, everyone's a criminal, right, in God's eyes, if you don't repent of these things, you will go to hell. That's the end of it. And I pray, Lord, now in the name of Jesus, Father, for the people that have listened to this, I pray that they reach out to you, Lord. I pray that they ask for your forgiveness. I pray that they're free in their minds and their hearts and their bodies, Father. I pray that they have the same peace and happiness in their lives as I do, Lord, because of you, Jesus. Pray, Lord, in Jesus' name for all the lost out there. And Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters to listen to this, to honour you, Lord, and glorify you and submit to you in everything. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, God bless you all.